This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey, this is Andrew Thien, host of Beat Check with the Oregonian. Uh, we're breaking script here and doing an emergency episode, a rapid reaction show with Jeff Manning, following up on Gordon Sondland's testimony before the House impeachment panel. Uh, the Pacific Northwest Hotel Magnet uh, testified for seven hours today in Washington, D.C. I had Jeff on the show a couple weeks ago to talk about Gordon Sondland, so we figured it was time to do an emergency show. Here it is. Jeff, how did you start your morning today? Uh, well, for, I don't think I slept last night because I knew I had to get up so early. Um, I was here about uh, 4.45 a.m. prepping for Gordon Sondland to uh, make his eagerly awaited appearance before the uh, House impeachment panel. When we last spoke, we talked about the fact that this was going to be a pretty big deal in this long saga. But, I, you know, this just finished not that long ago. But first blush, how big was this in your mind? It was the most anticipated testimony, I think, by far and away, um, because Gordon was, he was, an in, he was one of the Trumpies, you know. He was uh, Trump's choice to be uh, ambassador to the European Union. He had witnessed a lot of these things firsthand. It was, this was not going to be second or third or fourth hand. And he had uh, be, he had appeared once before, before the panel, and uh, then re- got his memory refreshed by subsequent wit- witnesses and uh, produced this ad- three-page addendum to his earlier testimony, which raised all sorts of questions about his credibility. And uh, today finally was... Uh, Today was payday. What jumped out to you from his testimony and how he handled himself uh, before the House panel today? You know, ever since he took the job as as ambassador, just about every photo you see of him, he's got this huge smile on his face. He, I think he loved this job. I think he loved hobnobbing with other ambassadors and other important people. And I think he really respected the uh the U.S. State Department professionals that he worked with, uh, and you know, rubbing shoulders with the folks in the administration. Clearly, he, you know, he. This was such a great change for him. He was not always a happy guy here in Portland, uh, but uh, over there, uh, it, he was transformed, and. I think he even enjoyed himself in front of the the panel today. I mean, he was. 
he was laughing and smiling most of the time mm-hmm. and never got flustered um, under some pretty tough questioning. And uh, uh, at one point he said, uh, uh, hey, we need to cut this short. I need to make my flight back to Brussels, which was classic. <laughs> and and uh, it shows that it, he's he's not going to quit. That's what his lawyer keeps on telling me. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you were talking in past tense there, but he still is the the ambassador to the EU, right? And he made no bones about it, despite um, saying, you know, everyone was in the loop, uh, which is what he told the panel today about what was trying to be accomplished in the Ukraine. He he uh, doesn't appear to think that this is going to cost him his job. In terms of news value, um, his reiteration that there was a quid pro quo in more detail, and his particularly talking about how everybody was in on it, Uh, the president, secretary of state, the chief of staff, uh, all of these, you know, really important names in the White House, uh, that stood out to me. I would imagine if I told you five years ago that you'd be watching Gordon Sondland testifying in an impeachment panel uh, involving uh, President Donald Trump. That probably wouldn't seem like a uh, that, that that would seem to be a crazy sentence to, to utter. But here we are. And it was seven hours, uh, kind of a, a wild day. Uh, yeah, you haven't lived until you've heard Jim Jordan go after Gordon Sondland. Um, yeah, it is. uh it was interesting that he got hammered by the Republicans harder than he got hammered by the Democrats today. I mean, there were one or two Democrats who tangled with him, but uh, it was pretty tame compared to the the uh, reception that he got from the Republicans on the panel. Can we talk about that a little bit? It seemed like, you know, obviously he is still part of the inner circle, but he has, you know, he has deviated by saying that there was indeed a quid pro quo. Um did you notice that maybe there was kind of a, a, a game of uh, back and forth with the Republicans where they're trying to uh, both take elements of his testimony and, and use it to, um, you know, uh, make the case that Trump didn't do anything wrong uh, while also trying to impugn his credibility by saying, you know, he didn't take notes and uh, he doesn't recall X conversation or Y conversation? Most of the Republicans that I listened to were talking about which I think is an effective argument for them, that uh, in the end, the military aid did come through and there was no investigation by the Ukrainians. So that's a pretty powerful argument that, wow, this is the worst quid pro quo ever because none of the promises ever were followed through. Earl Blumenauer came up during the hearing today, um, and he also tweeted, uh, Gordon Sondland, welcome to the resistance. (laughs) I don't know if you caught that. I did catch that. Um, uh, Sondland talked at some length about uh, the price his family has paid, uh, a lot of threats, a lot of uh, protests, protests at his hotels, chanting protesters following him through the airport. Sondland is not at all happy with Blumenauer, and uh, there's something quite strange about a sitting congressman calling for a boycott of a a Portland business. Which apparently he is now walking back, uh, judging from the testimony today. It appears that that is happening. So what's your big takeaway? 
Um, I just, it's so interesting to me that a card-carrying Republican um, who contributed a million dollars to Trump's inauguration has emerged as the Democrat star witness. Um, you just never know. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Um, I think that uh, early in his testimony, there was this explosion of headlines uh, and social media headlines that Sondland is uh, single-handedly destroying the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. He's making impeachment a sure thing and uh, way overstated. Um, in the end, uh, I think Sondland's testimony helps the Democrats, but uh, it, it, I don't think it makes impeachment a sure thing. It's still going to be, uh, well, especially when it comes to the Senate, I don't think uh, Sondland went over any Senate Republicans today. It's such a bizarre world that we live in, Jeff, where um, you have uh, Congress members reading headlines from CNN.com as as the hearing is ongoing, as, as you know, our media brethren are responding in real time to the testimony. It's a very bizarre ecosystem we live in. And then the president goes out out to the White House lawn and uh, starts denigrating whoever is that day's witness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, he did the same today with uh, Sondland. With a giant Sharpie penned, <laughs> uh, penned uh, transcription of, of Sondland's uh, recounting of their phone call, right, uh, during that uh, back and forth where Ambassador Taylor was saying, what are we doing here, essentially? No quid pro quo. Well, this is certainly only going to get more bizarre and interesting potentially as we go. But today was a, a pretty uh, iconic day in Oregon politics, I would say, um, and national politics. Unlike any other, I think that uh, a non-politician from Oregon becomes the biggest political story arguably in the world. And the guy at the center of it all seems to be enjoying the heck of heck out of himself um, as he's getting grilled mercilessly by uh, by both Democratic uh, members of the House and his brethren in the Republican Party. In doing so with uh, with almost a smirk uh, towards the end, especially and and getting some zingers in, it was uh, <laughs> he seemed to to grow in power as it as it went along. Uh, you have to hand it to him. Uh, that would be a really tough room. And he, by the end, he 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 seemed comfortable throughout and uh, was working it pretty good there toward the end. And on to Brussels. <laughs> we we will see about that. You know, I mean. He was one of the three amigos. He was he was an insider, and he loved every moment of it. But I think his days as as an insider to the Trump administration may be about to come to an abrupt end. Well, thanks for sharing some rapid reaction from from uh, Gordon Sondland's testimony today, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Beat Check with the Oregonian. Episodes usually drop on Mondays. Tune in on Monday for an upcoming episode with one of my colleagues who has been working on an investigative story for many, many months. It's going to be a good one. Thanks for listening. Reminder to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts to hear the latest episodes.